Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my way overpowered friend, Tim. I am so overpowered. I have the Time Stone, the Space Stone, mm. the Reality Stone, the Mind Stone, the Soul Stone. Frank, I've got a lot of stones here. I've got, got a lot of I've got a lot of Space Kahunas, Frank. <laughs> A lot of space going. You got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled. Uh, how, have you, how have you been, buddy? I have been well, Frank. How have you been? I, I also have been quite well. Thanks, thanks for asking. You know, it's really nice when you ask. I, I really, all I really want is is for is for you to, for you to That's good. Ask those kind of I, questions. I I have a completely random tangent. Imagine if we did a, a podcast about steaks. And we had to when people asked you how you are, you had to respond with a steak pun. So you're like, <laughs> "I am well today. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm in um, rare, rare form. Form, yeah. Today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. glad we enjoyed the same dad jokes. Yep. <laughs> Terrible. I can't. I can't wait to have a barbecue with you to make all the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting a grill this week, so that that'll. Um... That'll be great. Are you? I am. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Listen. One step closer to being a dad. Good oh yeah. You. Oh yeah. One step at a time. One step at a time. I'm not. I'm. I'm barreling. Barreling through towards, towards being being a full on dad without actually having children yet. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, let's get into some of the uh, emails from our listeners who are yes, so indeed. wonderful. Uh, by sending us notes at supergirltvtalk at gmail.com. They're fantastic. We love them. People like Liz. Liz says, hey, pals, I'll keep this quick. Just two things. One, I feel like uh, the last episode when Lena said she knew Alex was DEO shows that she more than likely knows Kara is Supergirl. I think this would make sense, but I do wonder why, if Lena does know, was she not more worried for Kara after she got that major beatdown from Rain? This is the one thing that makes me doubt that she knows about Kara. After all, you would expect her to want to know her how her friend was doing. Hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. And I I think that's true. And especially after this this week's episode, I really don't think that she knows. I yeah, so so prior to this week's episode, I agree with you. I I would have I would have gone down what Liz is saying. And and in fairness to Liz, this was written before uh, this week's episode. So, uh, but, but um, I agree. I think since, since having seen this episode, I don't think she, she necessarily knows. There were a couple of things that again, made me wonder, but I think in general, I'm in the camp of, she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other half of uh, what Liz said was, Knowing that Lena discovered how to make kryptonite makes me think maybe she could produce a form of kryptonite that could separate Sam from Rain. Who knows? Could be neat. Oh, there are there are kryptonites that do that that yes, separate the good the good side and the bad side. Black kryptonite has been known to do that. That could be very interesting. What a great what a great theory. Great theory. Ooh, what if this is sort of how we get theory. the different colored kryptonites? You know, what if like Lena scientifically engineering it uh leads to like oh well it's just like kryptonite but it's a different 
uh, chemical composition. So it's it's black or it's red or it's blue or it's green or whatever. Um, I guess we have right. seen well, we've we've seen we've red, seen red kryptonite on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As I said that, I was yeah, like, but, wait a second, <laughs> we have seen. But that. we but we haven't seen green. Oh, with green, <laughs> lols. Um, we haven't seen blue or gold yeah. or black yet. So there's be one of those. There's a possibility. That's very cool. That could be. I'm, cool. I'm on board for that. Well, thanks, Liz. I I, I like that a lot. Uh, and then David writes to us and says, I wanted to discuss my immediate reactions to last week's episode. As much as I hate to say it, I kind of align with Lena's point of view. I know Supergirl is the protagonist of the show. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is actually about this week's episode. Uh, my, my, my apologies, David. Um, I kind of align with Lena's point of view. I know Supergirl is the protagonist of the show, but I feel like she should trust Lena possibly. I feel like a Kryptonian should want something to defeat an evil Kryptonian. After all, we have seen countless evil Kryptonians. Makes sense. I do think I kind of agree with 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 David and with Lena. I think what James was saying in this episode is sort of where where I fall, which is like, yes, it's bad that she created the the Kryptonite, but should Supergirl really be mad at her for having a weapon that she can use to take down this this common adversary? I think it seems reasonable to to be sort of like, all right, I'm not thrilled that you have this, but I'm I'm it's useful, so I'm kind of glad you have it. I'm going to hold my comments until we get to that part of the episode. Okay, fair enough. Um, David also says, It seems as though the show is heading in the direction of Lena Luthor turning evil. Don't get me wrong, Katie McGrath can play the good-turned-evil role very well. She did it in Merlin. While we have seen a previous iteration of an evil-turned-good Lena Luthor, if you're looking at Tess Mercer from mm-hmm. Smallville, I don't really feel we need an evil Lena. What are your thoughts? I agree. I'm. We've seen, I've seen Luthers go bad before. I've also seen Luthers go good before. I like, I like that Lena is the black sheep of her family. That she is trying really hard to not be anything like her brother or her mother or something like that. So I mean, it would make her fall from grace that much worse. But where it stands right now, I. I don't really think she's in the wrong, really. Uh, so, like, not com- not really completely, not in the way that Kara sees it. So, if this is the thing that quote turns her evil, I wouldn't necessarily, I would say I wouldn't necessarily buy it because I shouldn't be on her side, but I am. So, I wouldn't really consider it evil, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it, it depends if she's like. If she finds out that Car and Supergirl are one and the same, and she's like, "Well, now I have to destroy Car's life," it feels like it feels like a step too far. Still, um, she's not her vendetta. She doesn't have a vendetta right now, but right now her untrust, her her untrusting nature is lending itself just towards Supergirl and nothing else. She doesn't want to be the ruler of anything. She doesn't want to remake the world in her image. She doesn't want to build L Corp up to be the world's, you know, greatest business and stomp on anybody to get in anybody's way. She doesn't want to be president. Like there's none of these, there's none of these Luther schemes right now. It's a personal grudge with Supergirl that probably can be mended. And if the, even if the show isn't presenting itself that way right now, so I don't want to see her evil become or the villain, I should at least say, based on just this. There needs to be there needs to be more that happens to Twister because right now it would be kind of petty of her. 
So what if this is the first step on the road to her becoming evil? Like she she does one bad thing. Like she makes kryptonite, right? And 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 that seeing how she's shunned by Supergirl or or by anyone else for that matter kind of makes her then the next time she has to make a hard choice, maybe something with Morgan Edge, she chooses bad well, again and then she chooses bad well, again and again and again until she kind of descends into into being evil. It, well, you said this is the first. This is, I guess in some ways this is technically the second because remember she almost kills Morgan Edge before. That's right. And and so this could potentially be this could potentially be a second thing. Um but who knows? Um I I I don't think the show is setting her up as the villain of season 4. I don't think so either. No, no, no. I I don't see it that way either, but I do feel like we're seeing the start of what could be a couple seasons long arc of her turning darker. You know, they they spent I, some time this episode talking about how she didn't want to put down roots when she came to National City because she wasn't sure how she'd be received and things like that. That's building some background on this character who like wants to be accepted so much and and that could be foreshadowing for her not feeling that acceptance i i definitely agree that and there's been a few things this season to kind of lead you there right because she's accepted into this friend group that's like firmly established now instead of just being like the i'm a high-powered businesswoman she's a like a well-rounded character in this season and she could continue to be so if she goes down a darker path, but I think we need to spend more time building up, building her up first. I don't think it's ready to start tearing her down completely. Mm. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. Um, well, thank you uh, to both Liz and David and everyone else who emailed us at supergirltvtalk at gmail.com this week and every week. Uh, we love all of you. Please keep those thoughts coming to us. Because uh, we love we love reading them and we love reading them on the show, uh, so send those over to us. Uh, before we get into the recap, quick quick reminder about Stark Expo Live. Uh, those tickets are now on sale at StarkExpoLive.eventbrite.com. Of course, that is the charity event we are putting on in Atlanta uh, during Dragon Con weekend, September first, uh, at Switchyards in Atlanta. It's like right down the street from uh, where the uh, Dragon Con uh, event will be happening. One night only live podcast for charity with Brian Austin Green, uh, with Derek Russell, with Steve Glosson, with Graham Hancock, uh, myself, of course, I will be uh, there and, and on stage. Uh, our friend Dane Davenport providing live music. It should be a lot of fun. Tickets are, are on sale. It's all for charity. It's all for generosity.org, bringing, uh, bringing water to, to those who are in need of it, drinking water. Um, it's a really, really great cause. There's a lot of fun uh, things we have planned uh, for, for the event itself. It should be a blast, and just if you're in the area and you want to support a good cause and swing by, um, we would love to see you. I'd love to meet you. Um, so please uh, check it out at uh, StarkExpoLive.eventbrite.com. I will put a link in the show notes for this episode, uh, so you can just easily access it from there. But check it out um, and consider, if nothing else, even if you can't make it to the event, consider donating a few bucks to, to Generosity.org uh, because they really do some great work, and that's what this is really all about. So, recap time. Recap time. Recap time. Recap time. I'm it's open your turn. all the books it... and. Dun, dun, dun. I love closing. It's, time. it's anyway, your turn. It's your tr- it's your it's your turn. This episode. Yeah, this is what we agreed on. We were gonna flip back and forth. So I'm ready. Crack open that notebook, Frank. Mm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely have a notebook. 
Did you you forgot, didn't you? Did we agree that? Yeah. Last week. There's a recording of it. Do you need me to pull it up right now? I do not remember agreeing to that. Did you edit it out of that? I can't keep this up. I can't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've got it right here. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> don't remember don't remember saying yes to that. I've, I've got it. I will okay. say this. I will say this, and I'll go on record saying uh ever since we started doing Krypton, and I, mm-hmm. I typically not every single week, but I've I've done half, maybe a little more than half of the recaps uh for uh for Krypton. And I already I already had a lot of respect for the amount of notes and the meticulous notes you take and the interesting points you bring up while you're taking notes. Uh, but mm-hmm. I have just like tenfold more respect for how much work that is and how much thought goes into what you do each week uh, for, for Supergirl. So I do salute you for, for all of that effort because you do bring so much to, to the show by doing that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate you. I always love when you compliment. I always love when we compliment each other because we're <laughs> friends. Yeah, actually, you deserve it. Indeed, indeed, and you deserve it too. Aww. All right, now, Frank. There are several things I'd like to talk about in this episode. First mm. and foremost, the fact that it is called. Shelter from the Storm, Season 3, Episode 18, premiering on May 14th, 2018, directed by Antonio Nigrit, written by, or I should say story by Robert Rovner, written by Lindsay Gelfand and Allison uh, Weintraub. I want to say Weintraub. Yeah. Cool. All right. So James and Lena spent the night together. Things got hot and heavy. Yeah. For for a hot second, I thought that it was at james's office oh the way the, because the, it was like bright in the lights and i was like that can't that's that's not kosher that's, that's inappropriate right. that's in that's so inappropriate <laughs> um but i was i was wrong because he was like i don't have this view from my office and i was like okay well then i guess it's not your office because yeah it's a hotel <laughs> obviously so you it, would it, yeah right it turns out it's a hotel. He said the name of it. I didn't catch it, but it's whatever hotel she's been staying at since she moved to National City, which is bananas. Bananas that she's been in a hotel room. That's so expensive. Are you telling Especially... me the Luthers don't have don't retain like an apartment or a condo or something that they can just like whenever they're in a major city, like they can stay there? Ah, uh-huh. I actually thought of that. And I think that she is deliberately not staying there. I guess so, based on what she said that about wanting, not wanting to put down roots and stuff like that, and not sure if she'd be right. accepted. But like, that's bananas. Yeah, I don't think that she, she does not. She really doesn't want to be associated with her family. That she doesn't want to be associated with her family that much that she decides to, um. Yeah, that she decides. My, my to assumption is that she out. just didn't have one. And and didn't want to get one until she was sure she was staying. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Moving on. Anyway, we're getting we're getting hung up. Um, Rain comes for Lena, but doesn't get her because apparently she has some kind of kryptonite spray. Is that what you say? Crypto um Kryptonian shark repellent Luther spray. <laughs> Sure, we'll call it Kryptonian shark repellent. Yeah, that's that's that was that was my guess. So not only does Lena know how to make kryptonite, she knows how to weaponize it outside of regular kryptonite. Right. That was conveniently left out when she was telling Supergirl that she has some kryptonite. Just putting that out there. Um, yep. Rain is looking for Ruby. She is not at Lena's hotel, which she probably owns. You know, she probably owns the hotel. 
That makes sense. Yeah. So, like, she can stay there whenever she wants. That would that would also make sense. Anyway, flashing to another bit, Myron is otherwise known as Space Dad is losing his memory uh, even more, and Jean is like, "Hey, there's you know Tarar Karik. You know, maybe we could preserve some of your memories with this old Martian thingamahoo. And and Space Dad is very uh, he's very against it. He's very against these. He not even that he's against these. I have no energy. I do not want to. This storyline is super sad because super sad. I'm super sad. He has Alzheimer's. I mean, or like the equivalent of right. you know what that would be for Martian. So it's it's very sad, especially if you if somebody in your family you've seen somebody go through that and like the I think that they're capturing that. From personal experience, I think they're capturing that dynamic very well. The sadness that Jean is going through, plus um, the the anger and um, melancholy nature of yeah. Myron. It's it's a really it's really well performed, and I I like that Jean is has a storyline that he's going through that is not you know the the White Martians are coming or anything like that. It's literally just um. It's literally just um, something a lot of people go through. It's mm-hmm. it's so normal and human, I guess, in it in its own way. I think that is, I think that's great from a from a show perspective to you know to to show one of the most powerful people on the planet is going through something that everybody else goes through. He may be from Mars, but you can relate to this. It's great. Yeah, it's really totally, great. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's um. It's something very, very real, and it, it's like yeah, everything you just said, like the anger, the the sadness, but almost like the frustration that Jean is is feeling, like not the frustration at his father. Obviously, he's not mad at his father, but but the frustration with the with the decline um, mm-hmm. that many of us have experienced with with our own loved ones um, is very real, and it's very they're depicting it in like a very pretty real way. Oh yeah 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 I yeah. I agree. Okay, so we go from we go from there that that sadness to the legionnaire ship and every the three legionnaires are like, "Hey, we have done our job because our other legion compatriots in these pods are cured, which is great." And we know that and there was a fun other legionnaire name drop in there. Did you catch that? No, I don't think I did. So she, um, Imra specifically mentions Chameleon, which is Chameleon Boy is one of the more famous, um, he's one of the more famous Legion members. He was actually in Superman, the animated series when the Legion first showed up in that, uh, in that episode. Yep. Um, and he is a Chameleon or Chameleon Boy is a shapeshifter. He's from Durla, which is where President Marsden is from. A Durlin, that's right. Yeah, fun it fact It all for comes every- together. That's right. Fun fact for everybody. Okay. Next on next on the list, the Legionnaire is ready to go. They're ready to go home. Um and they have this fun back to the future. Brainy Brainy is like, and we we have to go back to the future. Mm. Some some movies last forever, Frank. Some They're just timeless. They're just timeless. Some of them are timeless. If you're listening to Shoe Krypton at all, you know we, we love our Back to the Future jokes. Oh, do you? 
Do you? I've not. To be honest, I've not been listening because I'm like four or five episodes behind. Yeah, on you're Krypton. behind on Krypton. That's you. You get a pass. Yeah, I've got to keep up with Supergirl. I can't. I can't do it all. Only so many hours anyway. in a week. Oh, so so true. Tell me about it. Anyway, no, literally, tell me about it. Explain time to me, Frank. So there's this thing. Mm-hmm. There's uh, three dimensions, and then there's a fourth one, and it sucks because it you can't stop it. <laughs> That's good. I liked the way you explained that. Thank you. So, there's a so the back to the, there's a back to the future reference. Um, Brainy and Win have this fun moment where Brainy's like, "Hey, when I first got here, I thought you were a level one intellect, but you're actually a one point four two level intellect." <laughs> also, here's this thirty first century Earth dirt for yeah. your dirt collection. <laughs> Wait, definitely oh, did, not bugged. Definitely no. I, definitely no funny not business going on here with this dirt. No, I loved that. I loved that it was like, well, you either you either collected dirt or Mets cards, and I went with dirt, <laughs> and yep. he was right. He That's was great. correct. And the awkward, the awkward hug. I love it. I love Brainiac. They're Five. funny. They're a really funny pair. I would, I would love to see more of them together. We haven't gotten nearly enough Brainiac Five uh, this season. He kind of went away for a while, and mm-hmm. they haven't. I feel like he's been very underutilized. So the few moments that we do get, I'm very happy with. I agree. I think it's hard to write for a character that's supposed to be this one of the smartest characters in the universe, twelfth level intellect, because none of us are that, and so it's yeah. it's very hard to place yourself in that position. I he was guess. he's been played a little too much for laughs for my taste. I guess is is a thing that kind of he's more mm. like comic relief. And he's a little dopey, and I wish that they would be yep. a little more sincere with him and a little more like just let him like be what he was in the comics and like that's actually one of the few things about the legion that i actually really do like is brainiac 5 mm. um so i wish that he was a little more um done a little more earnestly uh but mm. but well you know i'm i'm not one to complain about any comic book uh incarnations like i'm so excited that it's happening on my tv so <laughs> it's true it's true i think his makeup looks better this like that they the purple blends more than it did when he first arrived, the purple and blue in his skin. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really actually think about before, but he usually wears purple in the comics. Yes. And so I didn't think of like the purple could be a nod to that, which is which is kind of funny. I guess that could be it, yeah. Yeah. I love that um Wynn comes in where he's like, Alex, check out my thirty first century dirt, come here. And he's, she's like, Oh my God. Okay, I'm I'm a nerd, but not that kind of yeah, nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a limit. Even I have a limit as to how much of a nerd I can be. Exactly. So the super team is saying goodbye to the Legion. Monel and Kara have this goodbye, and she is quote you know happy to see the man you've become, or the happy she's happy to see the man that he's become. But there's still some kind of awkwardness, unresolved tension between them. But it's I think it's played really well because it's not really like a. I just want to throw my arms around like your face and kiss you kind of yeah. kind of tension. You know there's there's something deeper to their to to their conversation which is nice. Um I really loved that Wynn was like I'll tell Jean you say bye and Monel was like tell him I'll see him in a thousand years. Which means he's still around in a thousand well, years. I know, which takes away almost all of the <laughs> tension that we'll ever have with that character but i love that jean is around in a thousand years i do too with the legion and that nobody mentions that right like not one legion 
air, let that slip. Probably because they wrote it just this episode, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that that is a thing. I love that. Um, Ruby is in a, a secret location, and we learned that electricity will hurt rain, and Wynn gets excited about that, and Lena's like, well, you know, got some, got some stuff. But where is Ruby? No less than the Luther Mansion, or at least even Lex's ma- hidden mansion, which mm-hmm. is hidden from everything, except if you smash that really small box, that's obviously a keypad entry. Yep. Like, not Lex's best, Other- just... Other than that, you're good. If you don't, you don't smash the one tiny small box, then uh, then or know the code, then you're all set. You're all good. It's it's mm-hmm. an invisible mansion that can cannot be seen from anywhere. And I guess even an even evil Kryptonian can't find it because reasons. Well, no, it would be like Lex to hide his home from Superman. Fair, but I guess like, I'm wondering how that works. Like, why couldn't you see heat signatures and stuff like that? Because Lex is really smart because and Lex. has all the technology to cloak all of that sure. stuff. You know, that's hand fine. wavy I'm, but yes. Hand wavy science magic. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. hand wavy science magic. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm totally cool with all of that. Because cool. just because it's never existed in the comics doesn't mean that it's doesn't not mean it can't. I'm okay. with you on that. Yeah. Um but I love that that I love that, that that's where she was. Very cool to see the Luther mansion. And so, but Jean and Supergirl go to Patricia, who is Sam's mom, and Sam's mom, Patricia, is like, "My daughter's rain, isn't she?" And they're like, "Oh my God, how do you know?" Rips across the wallpaper. She's <laughs> like, "Well, she drew this giant symbol that I put wallpaper up over, so my guess is as good as anyone's, but I think she's rain." <laughs> and you're just telling us now. You're just telling us now. That's Patricia. right. Like you couldn't. You couldn't have done a help, Supergirl. I have important information for you. Supergirl yeah. flies. It's like police. Oh, uh, I think I, I might know who the murderer, murderous terrorist is who crashed those people's work uh, holiday party. Uh, I think I might know who this is. Come see my wall. I know Patricia is the worst. Um, Patricia, I mean, what she says, you have failed she says, this city. Yeah, that she was. She says, "I was an awful mother. I kicked her out when I should have helped her, but I'm going to help her now." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, Patricia, I'm going to okay. help her now by telling nobody until it was too late." Exactly, exactly. But you know what? Heart's finally in the right place, and we have to give her credit for that. I suppose. Plus, Jean and Supergirl could have anything they wanted in the fridge. There was pudding. You know, there whatever. was pudding. Hmm. Um. So Alex goes to Ruby. And fi- and we learn that there's a five thousand step count between wing to wing in the Luther Mansion, which is awesome to me. So just I walk just, from from one end to the other, and your ten thousand steps are done for the day. I don't know why I'm so thrilled that like Lex's mansion was in this episode. Like it's not <laughs> like that's it's not like that's ever like a thing. It's not like his. It's not like a couple episodes where we had his you know exosuit yeah. or anything like that. It's not. Anything fun like that. It's just his house, but to me, that's so cool. It's still really cool. So cool. I loved it. So Lex Luthor's mansion. That's still that's still pretty cool. You're right. It's not like having the suit or, you know, the Fortress of Solitude or anything like that, but it's still really freaking cool. Yeah. Did you not like it as much because it's not the Smallville Luther mansion? Oh, I didn't care about that. Oh, okay. Just checking. Um, there's a really creepy painting of Mrs. Luther. Super creepy. Those yeah, eyes, Lord. I feel like they were following me around the room, and I wasn't even in the room. Exactly. Exactly. You weren't in the room where it happened. Dun, dun, I, dun, 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 dun. 
Ruby tells Alex that she's 12 years old and can handle anything, to which I say, <laughs> I know, right? Kids. Yeah. I uh, know, right? Like, she's, she's, but like typical, like a 12 year old be like, I'm a grown up now. I can handle it. How's uh, puberty so- treating you? Well, I haven't yet. No, okay. Come back to me in a couple of years. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, poor kid. Mm. Space Dad is rapidly losing his memory. You know, these, these, you know, sad. Uh, Jean, sa- it's really sad. Jean says past memories are so clear, but present thoughts are chaotic, mm. which is, which is a really, a really apt way of describing Alzheimer's or anything like that. You know, they'll tell you the same story in the present three times, yep. four times, five times, ten times, because they're not, they just don't remember doing it over again and i think it's again i say it's played it's played really well um and the show gives you this kind of hope and then takes it away from you later in the episode i thought that was good um we know rain has all the powers of the world killers and she comes for patricia supergirl surprises her with an electrical electrical attack which we saw in the trailer yes um, I thought the trailer did a nice job at making us think that's where she, uh, Ruby was. Yeah, they did. There was good, some good misdirection. There was very good misdirection because that trailer I thought was just okay. Yeah, you, we even said it when we talked about the trailer. We were like, "Yeah, it didn't show us much. That's fine." Yeah, but I like I was I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Rain beats Jean in Supergirl with all the other World Killer powers. Patricia tries to reason with Rain, and you know she says, "I need you to rise up. I need you." And Rain stabs her with her fist, and she says, "What did you ever do for your daughter?" And Patricia says that she loves her and she, you know, forgives her and blah 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 because she was a terrible mother and all this, all this stuff. It's interesting that I liked how this played out because appealing to the heart of Rain was is basically always supergirl's plan appeal to the heart appeal to the better nature but that's not going that showed us right there when you when her own mother however terrible of a mother she was like cannot reach her yeah it's 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 great to see that for supergirl because you're like okay i need a new plan Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's 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 not gonna work yeah Um, i i um yeah she needed to have a new plan I was actually thinking in a different direction. I was thinking about this recent trend of the idea of the supervillain that absorbs the powers of other heroes and villains that's been sort of sweeping across media recently. Um, We've got Rain getting all the world killers' powers. If you're watching The Flash, you've got... I'm not going to give too much away, but there's a villain doing something similar on that show this season. And then Infinity War, there's something similar that happens there. Again, people may not have seen it yet, so I don't want to spoil it completely. But like, there are some things that are similar you know, in these properties um, that, are, uh, that are sort of happening across, across different you know, movies and, and film uh, and TV. Uh, that, that actually kind of happened. That kind of happened in the Legends season finale too. Did it actually? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Come on, Arrow. Get with it. What do you <laughs> put all your arrows together into one super arrow? You I know. know. Make make Captain Planet happen. Anyway, um, 
Brainy bugs the DEO, as we kind of talked about earlier, so he knows about Rain, and he says there's a 51% chance they will succeed without the Legion, and so the odds are in their favor, but if, even if one Legionnaire goes back to help, it's an 88% chance that they will they will win, which is huge. That is and huge. So, and so Monel says, well, you know what, I've Immer's got to get back, and so we're going to go back to the future. To the Marty. future! 1.21 gigawatts. I love that Brainiac 5 kind of has like Doc Brown hair. He kind of does, actually. Back to the future in the episode. That was pretty great. Patricia, Sam's mom, dies at the DEO. You know, tell them I loved them. And I'm like, but did you? Did you? (laughs) Well, I guess she's reformed. And in the end, she came around. and, And I guess she does, even if she wasn't the best mom. Yeah. Deathbed presto changeo. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James wants Lena to tell Supergirl that she can make kryptonite. And to which Lena's like, "Hell no!" And um, and then James is like, "No, you've got to tell her. You bought. You bought. You." <laughs> That's an obscure 1776 <laughs> reference. You're welcome. I know you'd get it. Oh, you, uh, you know I got it. Mm-hmm. There's at least one other person who listens to this that will get that. And his name is Scott, and he hosts the Suicide Squad cast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but Lena is very against, is a very against telling Supergirl. James thinks that Carl will be grateful because even though Kryptonite will hurt her, like, or could hurt her, it is being used for good. But but Lena says Supergirl considers kryptonite a personal salt on her very nature. And so no matter why it's there or for whatever reason, Supergirl is extremely upset about it being there. And to which I say, even before there was like the confrontation, I thought that's an excellent analysis of Supergirl. Like Lena really, for not spending a lot of time together, really, those two characters, she nails how Kara reacts very to much very much so yep like I and that's why when they finally do have that conversation I was like I, I'm on Lena's side for this like get over yourself like I, I understand thing, but I'm like get over yourself Kara and I really shouldn't feel that way but I do and we'll talk about it when we get there um Alex we find out loves young Frankenstein which means I love Alex even more. <laughs> Even more than I already do. Yeah. What I thought was interesting, that they could have said any movie. Literally any movie. You know, like, oh, they I found out they have this movie in the Luther Mansion. Yeah, sure. Let's. This, I think, is, I think it's with purpose and, and back me up. So, Young Frankenstein is a spoof on the story of Frankenstein, which is about some, a, a scientist with a god complex who will do anything to create life or to expand scientific boundaries no matter what the moral cost, which is Lex Luthor to the nth degree. Mm. So I, one, love that he has young Frankenstein in there because he is Dr. Frankenstein Frankenstein. Frankenstein in his own way. But it is also... The story of Frankenstein is also about the creation of a monster who is learning to be human, which is a great parallel with Rain. Mm, mm-hmm. Because she is, you know, she is Rain, not Sam, but Rain is a monster sure. in her own right, who potentially 
needs to learn how to be human to save herself, needs to reconcile that part of her brain with with the goodness that is Sam. So I thought like that's a it's a it's almost a throwaway line. But I think that there was some serious thought given to that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think that probably there 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 must have been some some thought that went behind that. Um, And I think that's that's very good analysis. Very good analysis. That's what people come to this show for is for Tim's analysis. That's right. And 1776 references. Exactly. Both things. Exactly. Um, Kara is, Kara is, of course, doubting herself in which Jean tells her that your secret weapon is always your heart, except that's not really secret because literally everyone knows that is what she does. Um, The heart, Osborne. (laughs) We attack his heart. Sorry. Brainy, the science award. The science award. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to know what Frank and I are talking about, you can check out our Beer with Geeks episode in which we do a commentary on the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's of McGuire. Great. Anyway, super harsh. Cars line: White Martians are as soulless as Lane as as Rain. I uh, know, right? Wow, Car. I mean, probably true, but harsh. But then I was like, oh, poor Magan. She she's okay. And what about those other White Martians that you met that one time in that episode? Like, they're okay too, right? Um, and then immediately, Jean was like, oh, but, you know, apart from Magan. And I was like, okay, well, we haven't forgotten her. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, but they kind of pieced together that Myron, Space Dad, reasoned with the White Martians to stay alive. And so if he could reason with, like, quote, a soulless being bent on destruction, then, or what turns to be destruction, then maybe they could do the same with rain. But something got me super pumped is when Myron was on the couch and he was like, no, I did not agree with the eradicator project, Frank, which to me is seed planting season four, Frank. That was a big one for me. That was a big, big reference. I I don't think it's a throwaway. I do think we're going to see that come back around. I think that is a. I think you're right. I think that's seed planting for probably season four. That is so exciting for me. Yep. Oh my god, it's so great. So the Eradicator for people who don't know, there's actually two Eradicators in DC Comics. One is a Flash villain that appeared in Flash three fourteen, which is kind of an antihero character and sometimes a superhero, sometimes a supervillain, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. The more important one, which is the one we definitely are going with, is the Eradicator from Superman, which was created by Roger Stern and first appeared in 1989. The Eradicator is this genetically designed being designed to kill Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and now it could... It could have a different bent in the show. Maybe it's designed to kill white Martians instead sure. or something because it would make sense for Myron to be against that project, especially if he was also the one to kind of talk the white Martians into letting him be alive. And sure. Why? And blah, blah, blah. So but either way, we're definitely getting because this is the time of year in which the superhero shows on the CW start to seed plant for what's coming next season. Right in the episodes, like last, say, like last year on The Flash, there was an episode where one of the villains were like, Oh, Flash, you faced so many villains. Reverse Flash, Savitar, um, other speedster Flash. Oh my god, what's the other one's name? 
Professor Zoom, Zoom. Oh, Zoom. Um, Zoom, DeVoe. And everyone was like, oh, my God, who's DeVoe? Oh, my God. Right, 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 right. Right. And that's the villain of season four of of The the Flash. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Season four? Yeah, season four of The Flash. Right. And so for them to be able to, for, for Supergirl to throw out the name of an incredibly important Superman villain or Super Family villain, awesome. So cool. So cool. I really don't want to get I don't know should I give should I give more away about the Eradicator Frank or should we just kind of like let that sit Why don't there? we just leave it at the Eradicator also plays a very large role during the Death and Return of Superman story. Yes, very good, which I'm sure probably we won't be seeing anything no, like that. No, but I think that if any that's probably some of the the best known things about the Eradicator come from that storyline. So maybe we'll see references to to things that the Eradicator does during that story. Is that a fair way of putting it, you think? Yeah. Do you think we'll see a death and return of Supergirl instead? Um, I, I could see that happening. I could see that being like a season, you know, cliffhanger situation. Because maybe not she... Maybe not yeah, done the both... same way Death of Superman was done, but I could see like her dying at the end of the season and then World Without a Supergirl or something and then and then she comes back. Right. Because I mean the show has really positioned her to be a bigger player than Superman. She's overtaken yeah. him. Yeah. So it would make sense for that to kind of play out that way though i think they've mentioned the death and return of superman already oh you're right i think they did i think Mm -hmm. they did make some reference to it in like season two yeah so who knows who knows but that could be that could be fun so anyway the space dad refuses to help until jean turns into a white martian and kind of sparks um myron's memory to to why the white Martians left him alive and he kind of said, you know, like I had all this knowledge and they needed it and we kind of followed their code. And so if you trick rain into saying like, this is your code, you're not obeying it. Then maybe they could use that to their advantage. So it was, right. a, it was a lovely, it was a lovely scene. It was, it was um, a very smart tactic to, to use his shape-shifting ability to trigger a memory. I agree. A lot of, a lot of good John stuff. In yeah. This, in there was this episode. Imra, in what I think is almost an admirable quality within her, wants Monel to return to help Supergirl because she's very aware of Monel's feelings and she's yeah. like, Look, I want a partner that's fully with me and you're not right now. So you need to go and do this. And if you stay, you stay. And if you come back, then then we can continue forward together, honestly and truthfully. I was nah, nah. this was a little icky to me. <laughs> it's, it's a little it's a Thirty first century marriage is it's a it's a strange thing. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> it's not yeah. for me. As a married person, I was like, "Oh come on, that is not okay. how that works." Like, hey man, you know, if you're not in this, just uh, hang back and uh, don't worry about it. Just uh, see you in a thousand years, maybe, maybe not. See, to me, I think she knows him well enough to know that nothing's going to happen. He's going to come he's back, not, and he's not. He's going to come back. I think that he's too good of a person now. He's he's done too much of a 180, but I think she knows that he's got to get something out of his system and even if that means just helping her, then then that'll be that. But I I really think he's going to go back to the future. I think so too. I, yeah, I think I, but he has to instead I think he has to come to that decision on his own. Yes. And she is supportive of that decision probably because she's smart and knows that he, he she already knows the decision he's going to make. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So 
that's my that's my read on it. So it it like maybe looks more admirable than it is because she's savvy enough to kind of know how it's going to sure, turn out. Sure. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like letting him go through a midlife crisis because she knows that he'll dye his hair back to gray. Anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. She she knows he's going to make the right choice and he needs to make that choice on his own. So she listened to it. I get it. It was just a little odd to yeah. me that she was talking about like, yeah, if you decide to leave me as if it was like a virtue, like if it's your destiny, then you'll do what's, what's right. And it's like, that's a weird way to frame that. I don't agree yeah. with that at all. But I do understand I, what you're saying. And I think that's where we're headed. Yes. Yeah. And, but, and to that same marker, though, I'm, I will continue with 31st century man. They do things differently. I guess so. That, I mean, think about how what marriage was a thousand years ago for us and that what and what it is now. You know, it's a little, yeah, it's a little different. That's for sure. You know, that's for sure. You got to choose who you married, right? That's true. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Look, that's huge. That's different that's already. Different in itself. So, yeah. So, Lena brings the kryptonite to the DEO, and Supergirl uh, freaks out exactly like Lena did. You know, she says, um, "How am I supposed to be happy when you make the one thing that can kill me?" And Lena's response, I think, was amazing because she was like, "Thousands of things can kill me," like. Everything can kill me. We don't outlaw a, cars. Yeah, you have you have a god complex, and she does. She's like, right she about absolutely that. Absolutely does. And I don't, I don't know. It's not. I don't even know if it's not her fault. Really, you know, she, you grow up or you spend the majority of your life because she she grew up on Krypton with things that could hurt her. But you know, she grew up mostly not being able to be hurt by anything, and so it's very easy to like, I guess, fall into that. Lena calls it a god complex, but I wouldn't necessarily classify that the same way. Yeah, but but, but there is something to be said for if there's only one thing that can hurt you, wouldn't you do everything in your power to eliminate that one thing? Whereas if there's thousands of things that can hurt you, it's more about letting me protect myself from those things. If there's only one right. thing, you might go out of your way to eliminate that thing. That's right. It, it would be kind of the equivalent of if we knew that the world, anything, like, literally anything in the world could hurt us, and so we never left a padded room. Yeah. Yeah. You right. know. So, it, you ever see um, or read Lemony Snicket? No. A series of Unfortunate Events. There's one of the, one of their guardians, the third one, is this woman who is afraid about everything. Mm. And, and she's like, this could kill you, and the, the doorknob could heat too much and explode and spark and fly, and, like, and, like, all of this stuff, and that's kind of how Lena sees Kara. Yeah, but but that doesn't that doesn't mean that's true, right? But I'm but I'm still on Lena's side. I think that like Kara says, Kryptonite feels like her skin is being seared off her bones, and there are nails running through her blood. Yes. and that sounds yes. awful. We were that... just talking about what we, we thought it felt like. Yeah, yeah, like last week. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. Yeah, I, I side more with Lena on this. I see it more. I mean, I I understand Kara. I side with Kara on like wanting to eliminate the kryptonite, but I side with Lena on like there are bigger circumstances happening here. Don't get hung up on the fact that I have kryptonite. Like I so I agree with Kara like overall, but in this specific instance, I'm with Lena. That's right. And like you know the car thing you, you had you had alluded to, you know, getting in a car and you know, cars kill people all the time, but you know, you get in a car and drive to work every day. Yeah. You know, like, and you, right. you know, you get on a plane, you know, all these things, you know, you shake somebody's hand who sneezed, you know, there are tons of ways 
and I guess when there are thousands, you just kind of accept it as opposed to yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, I liken it a little bit to like if you had an allergy to a specific kind of food, let's say peanuts, like you would eliminate peanuts from your home, right? You'd make sure that's there right. were no nuts, n- n- none of the uh, things you're allergic to in your home. And that's what Kara is sort of trying to do is like Earth is her home. Kryptonite is the one thing that can harm her. So she's making sure that there's no kryptonite in her home. That's right. No, that that makes sense. What I think is really interesting, she's like, I couldn't like you don't know what it's like to like go into a room and worry if kryptonite is there um because of how it will affect me yep. but then when they use it later in the episode she's completely unaffected by it being in the room <laughs> yeah well you know they're always kind of loosey-goosey with those things there was that room at the deo that was like a kryptonite room that they could like power it up power it down right yeah exactly yeah so whatever forgot about that room good memory ruby calls her home phone to talk to mom and outside of the mansion where it is unsafe and rain uses the super hearing and and finds the mansion and destroys that one little box that was actually protecting everybody just way to go ruby just come on this is why you know what you're a 12 year old and we can't trust you this is why but she can handle anything frank she's 12 except not stealing her aunt alex's phone to make a phone call i know stupid but anyway mon l returns and uh, things are going to be great. Jean's like, I'm injured, but I'll help anyway because there's nobody else. And Monel's like, I'm here in my new suit, because, in my old new suit. Because <laughs> it looks great. And everyone loves it. Actually, what's the traction online for that suit? Do people like it? Do you know? Um, yeah, people do like it, generally, that yeah, I've seen. Yeah. That's cool. Let me put it this way. The people who are not already super annoyed with Monel um, tend to like it. And it tends to be the comic book fans who are sort of like, hey, that's like just like in the in the comics. That's cool. So, That's good. Yeah. So, um, uh, Ruby and Alex go into the sub basement of the mansion where all Lex's treasures are, all his really expensive, one of a kind type things. And there is the best homage to Superman the movie I've ever seen in anything ever. It you don't was, know what I'm talking about. It oh, okay, was no, okay. fantastic. It was awesome. And I'm not seeing. People like I'm not seeing websites with Easter eggs and like nobody's talking about it. And it was superb. It was superb. The machine gun. So people don't know in Superman, the movie um, Lex is in his underground base and Superman go like spins to to the ground and is confronted with uh, machine guns from slats in a wall and then flames and cold to prevent like to prevent him from going and catching Lex and then he punches his way through a door to get to Lex and that's literally what Rain does to get to Alex and uh, Ruby to machine a guns flames cold, to a T it's even some of the shots are the same it was oh, yeah. so fun it was a I full loved it. on homage to that whole sequence it was genius genius i loved it i could not believe there were not more people talking about it i i completely agree there were a couple i saw a couple but i cannot believe that there was not more like that there weren't articles this morning on like all the comic book news sites saying like last night supergirl was you know had like a giant superman the movie easter egg or something like that like i am so so surprised that we didn't see more about that but it was so cool it was such Mm -hmm. a cool direct reference yep 
Oh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Probably worth mentioning, gonna... by the way, R.I.P. Margot Kidder. Uh, many people's first Lois yes. Lane, and we lost her this mm-hmm. week, age 69. And very, very sad. Uh, taken too young, but she left a huge mark on Superman fans and on the film industry. And um, yeah, R.I.P. Very sad. She was one of the first celebrities I ever met, period. But also, she was one of my first celebrities at my very first comic convention. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. I told her my name was Tim, and she started to write two. And I said, no, 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 I said Tim, not Tom. And she's like, I know. <laughs> two Tim. And I said, oh, God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were still new with that. I was in high school. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was very new at it. Maybe a scene, Maybe a freshman in college. Probably freshman in college. But... Either way, crazy. Actually, no, I think I actually was in high school. Mm. Crazy. But anyway, yeah, she was so nice. Yeah. She's not my favorite. She wasn't my favorite Lois Lane. No, not mine either, but but still very, very special to many fans. She really embodied a lot of that character. Yeah. She was very special. Anyway, Rain incapacitates Alex, goes for Ruby. Alex's new suit is great, but it's not enough for Rain. I am looking forward to seeing that suit like work for her yeah you know what i mean like really coming like like really really handy you think maybe in the finale we'll get to see her like really pull out the the fighting chops and see how, mm, what that suit can do possible i love it when alex gets to pull out the fighting chops the crossover crisis on earth uh, x was such a great great yep. showcase for her yep even um the first season when she wore that exoskeleton suit to fight Supergirl, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was in the finale, yeah. actually, or or maybe that was nothing. the, that maybe was the episode before, before the, finale. the finale, I think, in season one. That's but, when the Kryptonians were taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And Supergirl, blah blah blah. Monel, Alex, and Supergirl battle Rain. The Kryptonite is unhelpful at first, but Al- but Rain's mask falls off conveniently while Ruby mm. is in the room. Ruby's Ruby, is she like, Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> got him. Any superhero from the early 2000s? Spider-Man. Their mask. Uh, to fight that. Oh, he's just a kid. No older, no than, older my than my son. son. Oh, is your son 28? Maybe 30? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a kid? Yeah. Anyway. Um, Ruby goes for the machine gun. But she's like, I'm 12. I've got this. Don't yeah, worry. I can handle anything, even a machine gun. <sighs> but, she, um, but she sees her mom as rain i thought that even without the mask i thought that she looked super menacing oh yeah it was a really good transformation of character it was great supergirl appeals to rain's code you know you're here to for justice and to stop thing and this ruby has not sinned she hasn't done anything wrong and rain's like oh moral loophole yeah right right. (laughs) yeah so um that is Enough for Monel to crush the kryptonite and fire it from the machine gun from the ceiling that was in there to incapacitate Rain. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was not cool. how not how guns or anything work or whatever. Not how any of that works, but it's okay. It's still just a like comic booky, you know, whatever. Yep, it's, super it's fun. fun. He spun it. He spun the chamber really fast Real because fast. he has because he has super strength, and that's what made the you know something like that. That's how that works. Exactly. But I thought that was a very cool. Very cool fight. Really well done. I loved the double cape. You know, like, we've got this. We've yeah. been practicing. The but cape tricks thing, work. I still don't fully get. Um, but, you know, whatever. It worked. I, so I get it. It's like Wonder Woman's lasso, you know, except that it's their cape. 
you know, it's like that, you know, I can hold you down kind of thing. It's good. Yeah. Um, Supergirl back at the DEO apologizes to Lena and says, I do trust you. To which Lena says, Good. And I was like, Oh, good. Yay. It'll take time to mend that fence. Skip forward a little. No, it won't. No, it won't. Monel yeah. wants to keep training, potentially sexy training. I don't know. We'll hey. find out. Hey. Um, but Kara actually almost kind of brushes him off. Like, you think we should keep training? She's like, mm, Not now. Yeah, maybe. Well. Yeah, just whatever. Playing hard to get. Exactly. Um, Space Dad learns that learns about mocha. If you mix the coffee and cocoa beans together, you get mocha, to which he wants to call Choco Coffee, which is a hilarious Easter egg for Martian Manhunter, because Martian Manhunter, instead of eating Oreos because they are copyrighted, eats Chocos in the comics. Yes. Choco yes. Coffee. Choco Coffee, which actually has a great name to it, but I, it, has a good, it has a nice ring. I like it. It does. I mean, mocha is good too, I guess, but you I know, chocolate coffee is is good. What was really sad is that that was a loop, and yeah. he doesn't remember that conversation. Like, because you had the last time we saw him, he like branched out and helped into this thing, but that was in his that was in the past where it was clear, it wasn't in the moment, yep. and that's what Jean like set us up for it. You know, he tells us the past is the past is clear, but the present is chaotic, and so that last scene was all the past for him. And so it was so clear, and now. But this is the present. It was so sad, so incredibly yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, so he just keeps having the same conversation over and over again, and it's oh yeah, it gets to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Alex trying to explain rain to Ruby was also quite sad. Mm. Um, but Alex promises to be honest from here on out, which I don't think is going to pan out the way that Alex says. Yeah, she, I, I think she'll try. I don't know if it's going to be the best choice all the time to tell a 12-year-old yeah. the full, uncut truth all the time. Mm-hmm. She'll try. She'll, She'll try. try. Lena and Kara reunite. Lena brings Alex. Lena brings ice cream for everybody. And everyone is, yay, ice cream. But Lena, in that conversation, tells Kara she sees Supergirl as a fraud, where she's only pretending to spout truth and justice, but she says she is... Um, I have a quote here. Supergirl went behind my back and used my personal relationships against me. It's something my mother would do. She crossed Mm -hmm. the line. I can never trust her again. To which I say, Lena is totally right. She's absolutely right. Kara was all over the place, and I'm on Lena's side. Uh, so yeah, I so, so the only thing I have to say to that is that this is how villains get started. This is how villains are born. You see their a good villain, you see like why they feel the way they feel, and so things like this, I like the shaken trust is going. It could have an impact on her, where she doesn't trust people anymore. Period, uh, mm-hmm. or she's much much more likely to to go into relationships, friendships, you know, mistrustful because of Supergirl. I could see, I can see this turning into a like she she goes down the path of, you know, becoming becoming a villain. I agree. I it can't just be this. There needs to be more things. But I think her finding out that Car and Supergirl are the same person that'll will be the icing on that'll be the icing so, on the cake. So that's so you bring that up. So again, I was sitting here wa- watching this conversation, and I was trying to watch it through both lenses: through the lens of she really doesn't know who the Car or Supergirl, and also through the lens of she does. Like I was trying to watch it both ways. And I was trying to figure it out because I was like, she would, you know, if she did know, she would say something like, like, uh, oh, I haven't seen you in days or weeks or whatever it was. Like, it's so good to see you. I've been hanging out with Supergirl, you know, like that's something she would say if she knew and was trying to like needle her a little bit. 
Um, but at the same time, it's also a natural thing for her to say. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so you know, I, I, I leave inconclusive, but probably still leaning on the on the side of she doesn't know. Yep. Okay. Um, I had something to say and add to that, but I've forgotten, so I will just move on. Kara knows she's messed up, clearly, and that's definitely going to come back to... Oh, yeah. It's going to come back to bite her. Patricia... Is that the mother's name? Yeah, Patricia tells her earlier, you know, the deeper you bury things, the worse they come up later. And I think that's Kara's secret identity. It's going to be a huge factor in there. Yeah, Um, I think so. I think so. The other thing that... um, The other thing that Lena reveals during that conversation is that James never actually looked in her vault. Yes, yes. I actually skipped that on my bullet point to get to the next thing, which is... I'm curious how that conversation is going to go between them, but Kara also knows she really messed up, so she might actually be okay with the fact that James didn't look in. She didn't seem okay. She reacted pretty, like, she was, like, trying to keep her composure, but she definitely reacted to that. Yeah, she did that squinty thing. She did that squinty thing she does. She felt betrayed. She gets mad. She felt betrayed by that, and she feels like, I think she feels like James is taking Lena's side in all of this, which, as we've discussed at length in this, you know, past hour, there are very good reasons to take Lena's side for a lot of this, but I still she. I, it seems like she feels betrayed by that. Her her reaction, some great acting from Melissa Benoist that really gave the impression of of the feelings you would feel if you found out your friend lied to you about something that important. Um, yeah, I agree. Especially so I think, something as important as kryptonite. Yeah, her. exactly. So I do exactly. So I do think that we will see that a conversation between James and and Kara at some point in the next few episodes where where that'll be addressed. Hmm. And then the last thing that crops up, Frank, is there's this little shrine to Coville, that uh, crazy Krypton and Kryptonian follower guy. And this woman named Tanya grabs this journal and runs off. And they're like, Tanya, no, bring the journal back. And that's how the, and she runs off into the night. And that's how the episode ends, which is definitely going to pick up uh, probably soon. Probably next week, same time, my guess. Anyway, Frank... Before um, before we start talking about the trailer, how did you like this episode overall? It was good. It wasn't my favorite. It, 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 I think it's probably one of the weaker episodes in a few weeks, if I'm being honest. That's uh, funny because I loved this episode. I thought like, you might. You know, I, as I was formulating my opinion, I was like, I bet when I say that I don't love it, Tim's going to be like, but I loved it. Yeah, I thought this was one of the stronger episodes in a few seasons. I mean, a few episodes. Okay. Like, like last week's episode to me was one of the weaker ones. This one, what I think was was awesome. If I can read a deeper level into it, to me, that's a better episode. Okay, so so that that for sure that there were there were some of those things as as you pointed out, but it felt like there was a lot of cheese. There was a lot of cheesiness in this episode in terms of not not just like cheesy conversations or whatever, but like in the ways that I thought that the the actually the scene where they were taking down rain and uh, like with the gun and all the, a lot of the, the what's the best word? I mean, not the choreography. That's not really, that's not getting at it, but I guess like the, the action was a little cheesy for me and sort of like, and then there's a gun. Then we put the kryptonite in it and bump it up. And like, there's like a chain of electric, like a net of electricity. It was very cheesy. And I know it's all comic book stuff. So like, I'm not, I can't be too hard on it. Cause that's, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. That's really, that's funny. Cause to me, I thought that was some of the best choreography. Interesting. That's so weird. That's so funny that, like, another man's, you know, okayness is another man's greatness. But, yeah. But, you know, like, 
I love well because she has a new gun and they know electricity hurts sure. and like everything kind of like pieced and worked itself out. It wasn't just I hit you and you went to the wall, right? And I hit you and you flipped. You know, it wasn't. There was like some real thought behind everything. I, I really liked it. Like, All right, eh. no, hey, uh, yeah, I'm not hey, going to try to yuck anybody's yum. No, and I'm not trying to convince you otherwise to yuck anybody's yum. <laughs> That's great. Yes, I I camp with that phrase all by myself. Yep, you're you're super smart, Mr. Rambling. Yep, that's definitely Mr. a me Ramblings. phrase and not a not a phrase that is used. Nope, that's all me. Don't look at the Mr. internet. Ramblings. Just don't look. Mr. Ram Mr. Ramblings, can you tell the people where they can find us and do all the things before we talk about the trailer? Sure, yes. If you don't want to get spoiled on next week's episode and you want to hear our speculation about the trailer, uh, then you should check us out uh, online at supergirltvtalk.com where you'll find episodes of this show and the show notes. Like I mentioned, a few things linked in the show notes if you want to follow along with us. Um, you can also head on over to TV Supergirl on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Uh, you can, uh, of course, uh, find all of our, our fine shows at Thought Bubble Audio. Um, the, uh, our friends over at Hate Watch with us did a really fun uh, recap of Eurovision 2018 this week that was uh, a blast and really hilarious to listen to. Um, uh, of course, uh, you guys are taking a little break from Academy Rewind uh, recently, but that is a, uh, you know, you're in between seasons. But it's a great time to catch up on Academy Rewind if you like uh, following all the, the best picture nominees from every uh, uh, Oscar ceremony ever. And then uh, Starkville has about Krypton. If you're enjoying Krypton over on Sci-Fi, that show is crushing it. Let me tell you, uh, there's just two episodes left uh, as as we're re- recording this, uh, and it is a mind-blowing show for a Superman fan. I cannot, I cannot tell you if you like Superman how much you're gonna love Krypton. So I definitely recommend checking that out and uh, check out our podcast while you're uh, while you're uh, doing that. Uh, so that. That, I think, uh, you can find us on iTunes, where you can leave us reviews. You can find us on Overcast, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, anywhere anywhere that you can, uh, you know, find better podcasts, you'll find us. Um, so, please, check us out there. All the shows I mentioned are available in all those places. So, I think that is going to bring us into the trailer talk. Cool, cool. Well, it is a... Something everyone's been waiting for, Frank. A Guardian-centric episode. Guardian episode! Yeah, James so- is being... J- James is being... James is being blackmailed by a group. Potentially the group that Tanya is from because she's in the episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, cause the in the, cause, right, because Tanya... Um, for the end of the episode is standing with James at one point. She's like, your guardian? He's like, I'm trying to keep that under wraps. Which you're doing um, a terrible job of, dude. Awful, awful job. I think he's going to get either a new suit or at least just a new helmet because he gets the helmet shatters at one point and then at the end of the trailer, Wynn throws him a new one and says safety first. Oh, nice, nice. So I think he's going to get maybe a bit of an upgrade or something. So I'm glad, all joking aside, I'm glad that James is going to have something to do. Me because he, he really hasn't had anything to no, do. And hasn't. James is such a, like, he's such a sweet character. And so I'm, like, as much as we make fun, like, Guardian doesn't exactly fit into the lineup i kind of hope they kind of give him something that will make yeah his transformation i hope so i hope so too there's a line from Kara about the secret identity is there to protect people um 
which ties into could be about hers, could be about his, could be about both. Hard to say. Um, but I think that that is probably, you know, I wonder if that's going to come. There could be a conversation where they're talking about like, hey, Carl, you really need to tell Lena about the secret identity. It could be that or it could be her saying, like, why did you tell this girl that you're guardian? It's there to protect people. Like, I could see it going either way. So it's it's in, or both, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that they're having a conversation about secret identities. Um, yeah, there's a lot of it looks like there's quite a quite a bit of guardian um guardian action and yeah he loses the helmet so i feel like i feel like you're right there there probably there probably is some uh something something going on there the episode is called the fanatical uh so makes me believe that um a man could fly yep it does what would you say her name was again uh the the tanya 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 I you know is is she is from that cult obviously and makes you makes you believe that she's going to be a central point of the episode and mm-hmm. we know they're fanatics so it all adds up. It does. It does. I'm really. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I am. Me too. I'm really. I am looking forward to it. Well, do I? Do you think if they do give him an upgrade, do you think they'll go gold and blue? I hope so. I sure hope so. Um, because I'm just, I'm just like, they need to do something. With, they either need to, they need to make make up their mind what they're doing with him. Um, so I, yeah, I I hope so because I I don't I don't want to just see him sort of continue to wither on the vine where like they introduced him and then he's just sort of like been benched. I feel like they've been figuring out what they want to do with him, and I hope that this is. Uh, a clue to what that direction is going to be, you know, in season four, we're only, dude, we only have a few episodes left here. So, um, they can't, they can't go too deep on him, but I hope that they at least set him up for some good stuff in season four or, or if he walks away from it, whatever they decide to do, I hope they just make, make a decision. Uh, it's, it's time to make a decision in either direction and then commit to it. Do you think, um, do you think that everybody's returning next season? Do we have any confirmation on anything like that? We don't have any confirmation. Um, we don't. Um, I would like to see just about everybody return. Um, I could see Monel going away. I'd be okay yep. with that. Um, I like him a lot more than I did coming into the season, but I, I think his story may have kind of, you know, maybe coming to its natural end now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be I'd be okay with him leaving. I think uh, Myron will be leaving. I think he probably will will pass away. Um, yeah, I agree. So, you know, Sam is the one kind of Sam and Ruby are kind of the question marks in there. It kind of depends on mm-hmm. whether they're able to 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 um, save Sam, and then like, does Ruby become Alex's ward slash does she adopt her slash whatever? Um, those are questions that hang in the balance. But the, other than that, I think the rest of our main characters will stick around. I agree. Completely agree. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Anyway, not I ready so, to yeah. like I'm not ready to see the team disband just yet. No, I really li- I really like this team and I feel like we're, we've like finally gotten to a good place where mm-hmm. I would even like to see Sam stick around. Um and I'd like to see I really want to see more of Catco because like remember when Kara used to be a reporter? Like we right. had, we haven't yeah. seen that in so long. In fact, when she, when Lena and Kara have their conversation in the elevator, and they're like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in so long," it's like you're my employer. I'm your employee. Yes, we're friends, but also like, when there, there wasn't like 
like I know you've been away with with Rain for weeks, but like there was no acknowledgement of like how's work or anything at all whatsoever. Nope. Um, so That's so true. can't fit every can't fit everything. You in, can't I guess, you can't. But... but I'm just saying it's it's funny that that we haven't had really any. They've kind of dropped that thread for a little bit because it's just it's out of place. Um, yep. And I always like a Superman show when the Daily Planet aspect is in place. That that's one of my favorite I things. Totally agree. When that dynamic is there, so I hope that they can bring that back to some level of of presence, um, more than it's been the last several episodes. Because I don't think we've really seen her working at Catco, uh, not since, for months since the yeah since the nine week hiatus. Yeah, not for months. Yeah, months, darling. Yeah, well. What a good time this was. Yes, Frank. it was. What what a good time, as it always is. Well, I will see you next week for more Supergirl talk. What do you say to that? Sounds like a plan. Cool. Well, then, until next time. Up, up, and away.